Hey, welcome to the Strong Roots Podcast. My name is Kristen Hill, and we are so excited that you're tuning in today. Our prayer is that you would move one step closer to Jesus through this series. So go ahead and check out this next episode. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Strong Roots Podcast. And I'm John, and I actually pastor First Church, which publishes this podcast. And today I get to interview Kristen, who's actually my wife, and does a great job hosting this podcast. We're so thankful for you and the effort that you and the production team put into doing this. Um, This podcast has blessed me on a number of different levels. But uh, today we're talking about fellowship, which is a fancy Christian word for friendship. And I think that it is something that's so relevant to America today as we see the decline in friendship and the decline in close connections. Um, Learning how to be a good friend and how to make friends and have friends is a big deal, but it's also one of the core parts of being a Christian. Jesus says that our love for one another is what shows the world um, that we're Christians. And so I'm really excited to have this conversation today. And uh, I want to start by asking you, in your opinion, how do God's people best show each other love? That's such a great question. I feel like there are multiple answers. The first one that comes to my mind is to have each other's back, Mm -hmm. to love each other in a way that we can actually confront each other Mm -hmm. and not gossip and not Mm -hmm. tear each other down in order to get higher. I see so often in, in our world today, other women and other men tearing each other down to get to the top. And I think one of the best things I see in Christian friendships is we lift each other up. Mm-hmm. We will we will get lower. We will serve in order to lift another friend up because that's what Christ did for us. Mm-hmm. He laid down his life for us. And just mm-hmm. as Christ did that for us, we get to lay down our lives for a friend. And I think that's one of my favorite ways, but serve each other, meet each other's needs, um, love each other, be there for each other. I think I think those are my favorite ways that we can love each other as Christians. Right. And I want to affirm, I think you do such a good job at doing that, at loving people in that way um, without expectation of things in return. And, you know, I think one of the things that a lot of people get tired of doing in ministry is um, being connected with people because a lot of times instead of people actually loving you, you know, it feels like they want to use you to Mm -hmm. like get some kind of notoriety or I don't know, in their mind, advance in some way in their life. And uh, I've just seen you like not care, you know? And I think that's really cool to see you like love people, um, to disciple people, to lead them to Jesus and to see them be like, hey, you know, um, I'm ready to leave the nest or, you know, I, for whatever reason, have chosen to just not like you anymore, whatever. And you're like, you know what? As long as you love Jesus, that's what matters. And I just want to affirm that in you because I think that's such a big deal. And that's part of being a Christian is Mm -hmm. like always forgiving and always having love for one another. Um, We can't learn to love people if we're always shutting them out and this kind of builds on what we've already talked about. Right. Um, how do we keep our hearts and minds and the doors of our hearts open to people who have hurt us um, times in the past uh, as we move forward in life? That is a great question. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that God is continually teaching me. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've necessarily mastered that, but I think you said it, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You cannot love people without forgiveness. And I think that's why Jesus hammered it home time and time again like we need to forgive one another first before mm-hmm. we go to him mm-hmm. right he, he wants to make sure that we are good and I think continually forgiving the people around me who have hurt me but not only that but going a step above and praying that God blesses them I think it's easy to say okay I forgive them but do I actually care about you do I actually love you enough to want God to bless you and I think 
that is so important in keeping our hearts open to other people, but then also doing it for Jesus and not for them. If I'm loving you, if I have a friendship for you because I genuinely want you to love Jesus more, mm -hmm. I genuinely want God to be the one thing between us, if you hurt me, it's not going to hurt me. I'm just going to be sad. For, if, my, if God is really the thing that is the focus of our relationship, I should only be sad that you're hurting. Right. I should only be sad that your relationship with God is not as strong as it could be. The focus shouldn't be self. I think it's so easy for me too, like for everything to be self-centered. For if you are hurt, you hurt me, like ugh, how dare you? Like I did all, and then to think of all the ways that mm -hmm. I have loved you or served you, mm -hmm. that's selfish love. Mm -hmm. That's not godly love. And I think that we need to do that shift of like, it's not about me. This life mm -hmm. is not about me. We're talking about purpose. This life is about glorifying God. Mm -hmm. And I can't glorify God if I'm focused on myself. Mm -hmm. So I think the way that you keep your heart open is to forgive, but to also keep your focus on God in all your relationships. Right. And I mean, I think you're just rephrasing, you know, John 13, 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you. Yeah. Love each other in the same way that I've loved you. How did Jesus love us? He didn't care about how he was treated. He wanted to consider others better than himself. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that's the mandate for Christians and the key to great friendship is right. to say, you know what, I consider you and to not attach strings to yes. what we do, you know. And you've gotten so good at that. Like, I'm really proud. Of I was what... bad, though. Yeah, you Christ. were. That's true. There were <laughs> strings attached. Strings. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Ephesians 2.19 says, you are a member of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Why is it so important for us to continue to meet together as Christians and as a church? Ooh, because, huh, so many reasons, but we need each other because you bring something to the table and reflect God in a way that I need, that I don't. I bring something to the table and reflect God in a way that you need. And I yeah. think all of us, you mentioned this in an earlier podcast, but all of us re do represent a different part of the body. Mm -hmm. We all work together. And when we meet together, mm -hmm. I just, you have the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. I just imagine it's parts of the body coming together, more of God being present in our building. And it's magnetic. It's mm -hmm. amazing. And we're able to not only bring life and love, but healing. Yep. I think when I meet with my brothers and sisters and my fellow believers in Jesus, like I'm able to receive healing in ways that I couldn't outside of it. Because when I go and ask for advice, it's going to be from a Christian. Right. And you're going to be able to tell me, maybe point me to Jesus and how he says to do it. Maybe you'll tell me from your own experience how I can be healed. But I think if we don't meet together, how are we going to grow? How mm -hmm. are we going to heal? How are we going to then go and share this love with others outside if we don't actually meet together. And I think another, if we're going to talk about church, if we're going to talk about meeting together on Sundays, I think that is so important because it's a way that we grow in our faith. Mm -hmm. It's a way we grow together again, but also it's a way we can invite people from the outside. It's a way we can invite people who don't yet believe and don't know who God is. And it's a way we can reflect our love for God and they can see it and they can feel it. I've heard so many stories of people being like, your church, everyone's really friendly, like mm -hmm. almost, almost weird friendly, mm -hmm. but that's not us. That is God. And I think when we meet together, it's this powerful effect of, wow, something's different. Mm -hmm. And that's the way we can show God's love to the world. Right. Right. No, I love that. And, you know, I just think that the longer we've been Christians, the more we've heard people say, you know, I can do church at home by myself. Yes. 
And, you know, I see that and I understand that sentiment. Sometimes we've been wounded so much. But, like, very rarely do I see that end with, like, years of fruitful faith in Christ. You know, or a lifetime of fruitful faith in Christ where people far from God are being filled with life in Christ and then discipled to full maturity in Him. And I'm not saying a house church is bad. I think there's house churches around the world that are necessitated. And in one sense, I think every church starts as a house church. Yeah. But if it if it stays as a one house small group meeting forever, like mm-hmm. we're missing out on the Great Commission mandate, mm-hmm. you know. So um, anyway, I love how you put that. But uh, bonus: if true wealth were measured by your relationships, how wealthy would you be, and why? This personal? I guess. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's the bonus question. Bonus. Okay. Re- so if what, rephrase that. If true wealth were measured by your relationships, how wealthy would you be, and why? Well, I'll say what I hope. I hope I'd be very wealthy. Yeah. I think relationships are what matter most. Yep. Not only, I mean, our relationship with Christ is by far what matters most. But because of that relationship, then we have the energy to actually go and have relationships with others. I, I think, I hope I'm wealthy. I hope I have a lot of treasure in heaven. And when I imagine treasure in heaven, I imagine it as people. And I, and even if it's not me personally leading somebody to Christ, whether it's my prayers that I'm asking God for people around me to fall in love with him and to meet him, whether it's yeah, serving and volunteering on Sunday and having relationships with people, not only inside the church, but outside the church. Yeah, I, I hope I live a pretty wealthy life. Yeah, and I will say, like, I want to add to this. I always dreamed of having lots of friends and, you know, parties and friendships and connections. I think a lot of people dream of that. Right. I think what I'm surprised at is, like, we have lots of relationships. And that's good. Like, we are wealthy. We're blessed. But, like, it's all work. Like, it is. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is relationships require a ton of work over the long term, eating cat poop sandwiches over and over again. What I mean by that, you know, we have people over that hurt us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just, that's friendship. That's family, you know. And like we have people over and it means like (laughs) you're buying groceries, you're cooking food, you know, you do so well at that. Like we're cleaning the house, we're like listening to people all the time and and I love it and it's good. But like (laughs) I think so many people who are financially rich are also surprised at how much work was required to get there and to maintain it. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot of work. But relational wealth is the same thing. It's just a different arena, but it's the same thing. It's a ton of work. It's, you know, the bigger the empire is, the more work there is to do it. And it's good. It's good, it's good, it's good, but it takes work. So um, challenge, what could you change in your schedule this week that would give you more time to build healthy relationships? And I think this is a big challenge to a lot of you. Kristen and I are continually evaluating. Um, One of the things we have done this year, our church runs a league called Upwards Basketball, and uh, we spend eight hours a week with two girls in Upwards Basketball between their practices and their game time. It takes a total of eight hours for us every single week. And that's kind of a shocking amount of time for us. Like, we didn't expect that. And it's kind of cost us on other levels. And our girls love it. They love it. I'm not saying that sports are bad. I'm not saying whatever. Like, we did it. There were reasons why we did it. We said we weren't going to do sports. We tried to do it this year for some different non-sport reasons. And uh, I don't know. I just think it's a big question. Obviously, it's a balance for every family. But, like, I have seen that our family has, we have more relationships because we meet people at the league. Um, but we have fewer deep relationships because mm-hmm. um, we, we're, we're in a shallow situation that doesn't allow for deep connection. And I think it's a balance that every family needs to have. But, like, if 
you long for deep connection, I just want to challenge you to evaluate, like, what are the things we're investing in? What are the decisions that we're making? Do we need to cancel our Netflix subscription? Wow. Do we need to make a decision about the data plan on our cell phones? Do we need to put a limit on screen time on our cell phones so that we can be intentional about relationships? Do we want to set a goal about having X amount of people over, um, you know, each month? Like, do we want to host families, invite them to our house? Like, what would that take? Like, maybe for some of us, it means we need to like a barrier, a challenge for us is to like get our house to a place where we could have people over, right. you know? Um, and that's a big challenge for Kristen and I, because you know, our house, we're not like naturally super like neat nicks. And I know that that might come as a surprise but like a big challenge is like we have to keep our house at a level where people don't come over and say the hills are hoarders you know what I mean so um, second challenge what's one thing you could do to cultivate more community in your church and uh, I know that not all of you go to our church but I just want to challenge you to think like what can we do to build great relationships in the body of Christ like in this Christian community and it's such a big deal it's been such a blessing for us but I want to challenge you um, to think like tangibly what can we do to do this maybe it's hosting a life group uh, actually connecting with some of your volunteer team I don't know but uh, I really enjoyed this week I hope you did too and uh, man next week we have a really exciting conversation about ministry um, your shape for serving God and we want to talk specifically about where and how we can serve God together so hope to see you soon If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to follow us on our other social media platforms. We don't want you to miss out on any future content. Thank you so much again, guys. I hope you have a great day. And I want you to know I am personally praying that your roots stay strong.